You're listening to the Frugal Spender Podcast, where we have conversations about the one thing you've always been told not to talk about, personal finance. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Frugal Spender Podcast. This is episode number 41. In today's episode, I sit down with Janesh Vora, who is the CEO of Sprive. Sprive is a fintech company that helps people overpay their mortgage using their app. Full disclosure, I have partnered with Sprive previously to help get the word out on social media, simply because I do think the concept of what they are doing is great. But our conversation today digs much deeper into the subject of overpaying your mortgage and also a lot more. I really enjoyed this conversation and I think you will too. And guys, if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd ask that you please consider leaving a rating or a review on whichever platform that you listen on. It helps these episodes reach more people and ultimately helps more people too. Okay, let's get into my conversation with Janesh Vora. Janesh, welcome to the Frugal Spender podcast. How are you? I'm well, thanks for having me. No problem. It's taken us a while to get here. I think we've had three attempts now we've had the weather stopping us we've had technology and just generally life so i'm glad to finally uh, get in front of a camera and have a chat with you no it's good to be here i know and it's been taken a while both busy people but it's uh, it's great to be on absolutely so janesh for anyone who's listening who might not know who you are and what you do would you mind just giving us a bit of a background uh, as to how you got to where you are today yeah sure so hello i'm janesh for i'm the, the founder and ceo of Sprive. Um, so my background is actually um, kind of nothing to do with mortgages. It's uh, I used to be at Goldman Sachs, which is a, a U.S. investment bank. I was there for 14 years, progressing through the ranks, and then decided um, a few years back to to leave the corporate world behind and, and start Sprive. Um, for your listeners who, who are not aware of what Sprive does, we're essentially an app that helps homeowners pay off their mortgage faster and save interest. Um, so the, essentially the way the app works is you link your bank account, we then help people set aside spare cash, and with one tap, they can make overpayments towards their towards their mortgage, helping them save save money essentially. Nice. I've used the app. I think it's really good. And I've, I mean, obviously, we're going to get deeper into it. But I think anyone who is interested in the idea of overpaying their mortgage definitely, even just to download it, it's free to download. That's correct, isn't it? It's yeah, it's completely, completely free. Android, um, iOS, yeah. And we were just talking before we started recording about how um, other apps that use similar technology with open banking have really kind of opened the door because certainly for the newer generation and my i mean i'm a millennial but millennials and younger we're so used to like just connecting our bank to things i think i remember when ebay first came out well not when it came out but when this, people started using it quite a lot and i wanted to buy something and my mum was just terrified about me using her card to put it onto the internet so i think that kind of whole barrier of like oh this company might have access to my bank account that kind of fear has almost dissipated which is i'm sure pros and cons of course it's highly regulated and they you know you can't just take people's money but i think that idea of open banking and connecting someone's bank to automate things and have a positive end result has allowed you know apps like yourself to thrive yeah i mean open banking is a a government-backed initiative from the regulators really pushed um, open banking really to help 
consumers get better better kind of financial services in the past the banks have contained all the information um and you know that, that allows them to essentially um, profit from the information without necessarily creating innovation that necessarily is going to help ordinary people so i mean it's really good to see the uk kind of leading almost in the, in the context of the, the entire world in terms of that kind of innovation and now you're seeing lots of other markets trying to catch up um and you're right like more and more people um are, are getting very very comfortable with it i think the last number i saw was over four or five million people were using open banking um i use uh, i think the analogy that you used around kind of shopping for things using your debit card like when it first came out putting your online bank details where you're essentially spending um, out in the in the in the internet it could be quite scary um, but then after now everyone does it if you think about how many people shop on Amazon and you know one click purchases and they don't even think twice and if you think take a step back that's your that's your debit card loaded electronically if someone had access to your debit card they could spend that money you know how they how they like and with open banking it's regulated it's a lot more secure um, ultimately we're using this to provide um, you know um, customer value at Sprite specifically we use open banking for a few different reasons one is we use it to verify a customer to make sure that ultimately we know who our customers are um, and that mitigates the risk of fraud within our app so you know we have zero fraud within our app because for you to be able to sign up you need to be evidence that you can access your your, your bank account and then secondly we've got an, like an algorithm and we we overlay ai on top of it that allows us to understand people's spending behavior so the idea is is that we're helping people to pay off their mortgage faster but different people have different amounts of money that they can put towards their mortgage. And so um, the, the AI is essentially working out how much you're spending. So like some people, they'll have good weeks and, and, and bad weeks and good months and bad months. So a simple analogy is like Christmas. Most people in the UK spend a lot on Christmas because you're naturally you're spending, you know, you're spending money on like say Christmas presents. And so the algorithm is smart enough to go, look, you're spending lots here. Um, so you're going to have a lot less money to put towards your mortgage compared to weeks and months where you're really doing a good job and you're you're spending less you're you're saving more um, and so that becomes really powerful and then in other areas we're also using it so one of the things that we do within the app and not just over payments but we help people um, find be like better mortgage deals and so if you've ever taken a, a mortgage deal um, lenders will ask you things about like you know about how much do you spend on on maybe if you have children on childcare and they want to they want to get an idea of your affordability because they want your to understand your ability to say you know can you if you take this mortgage can you can you actually afford it and again by having access to it that allows us to be able to help um, with with that um, with that with the kind of questions the lenders ask, that means that it makes it a lot more efficient and, and less time consuming when when our customers are trying to get a, a mortgage. Yeah, no, I think that's great because that it takes two pain points for me, and it combines two things that I love about sort of personal finance. One is overpaying your mortgage because I think that's something that's so. I think years ago was something that people thought about was more was more in the zeitgeist, whereas now it's very much um get things on credit buy now pay later it's almost the opposite of i'm what i want to own my house outright instead let's just leverage up to my eyeballs let's have as much debt as i can because the house is an asset it's going to grow in value so i'm just going to mortgage 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 and then you get to 60 70 and you still have a mortgage which is a scary reality for so many people in the uk so the idea of overpaying your mortgage i love but then probably the thing that i preach the most about personal finance and it's whether it's saving investing you know, whatever it is, it's about automation. And the fact that your app allows you to do both of those things at the same time means there's less friction to go, right? Because not very often on a daily basis, people will go, oh, 
should I overpay my mortgage this month? Because you're thinking, oh God, you know, the price of milk's gone up or what you, you worrying so much about the day-to-day -day stuff. You never really get time to sit down and go, how much can I pay off my mortgage? So the fact that it automates it is by far the best way and most efficient way to get people to actually do it. My question to you then would be, it's great. It clearly that works and I'm fully on board, but how would you convince somebody who has never thought about overpaying their mortgage? Because you get your house, you go, okay, what is my mortgage payment? You kind of, you understand rates maybe a little bit, but I mean, I was 20, 21 when I got my first house. I didn't understand this stuff. All I knew was here's my, you know, here's my pay slips to the lender. They tell me whether I can afford it or not. I get the mortgage. They tell me how much I pay every month. And I just keep doing that. And I probably did that for six years before I even actually went, right, how does this stuff work? What do we know? How do rates affect what happens? How would you pitch it, let's say? Not the app, but how would you pitch overpaying your mortgage to somebody who's never thought about it? Yeah, sure. And I, look, I went through my own personal journey of, of getting my mortgage and um, not really realizing how, how how mortgages necessarily work. I think when you're first buying your property, like you said, Brian, you're very much focused on just getting the keys, getting you know, getting the house, get, getting onto the property ladder. Um, and then you're, maybe even your first step is like decorate, you know, get the furniture in, et cetera, et cetera. But I remember for us, um, personally, my wife and I, bought, you know, when we bought our first house, we got the mortgage offer document. And it said for every pound that we borrow, we'd be paying 50p in interest. And I was thinking at the time, interest were practically zero and thinking, wow, like if I'm borrowing, uh, we borrowed like th around 300,000 pounds, that's 150,000 pounds in interest that I was going to be paying my lender um, over, over the lifetime. And I didn't, but that didn't make me feel good. I felt like that's not that's not great. How can we, you know, pay our lender less? And so, doing some research, I, I realized that if I paid more than my minimum monthly payments, then that would give me the benefit if I did it in the right way, of essentially helping me kind of. Um, you know, save interest and, and pay it off quicker. And then when I started doing even more research into it, one of the things that really shocked me is that lenders front load interest payments. So at the beginning of your mortgage, you're paying mostly mostly interest. So um, when you take out your mortgage, and it obviously depends on rates, but 60 to 70% of your monthly payments at, your beginning, at the beginning of your mortgage is essentially you paying interest. So if, you know, 1500 pounds a month is your is your monthly um, monthly mortgage um, um, payment then a lot a big chunk of that is, is is not even going back to the amount that you initially borrowed um, and so what I learned quite quickly is is that the earlier that you start kind of paying off your mortgage faster the more interest you save because you're ultimately your, your monthly payments consist more of interest and if you wait until later in life then you're essentially, you know, starting to um, pay back the amount that you originally borrowed, but you're saving a lot less interest. And a good example is my, my dad um, paid off his mortgage when he was around 55 and he felt so great by doing that. But one of the things he did is let his savings like literally just build up and then decided that actually I'm getting close to me, him wanting to retire. And so deciding that he's going to put a big chunk towards the, towards the mortgage. And I kind of sat down and said, if, you know, in hindsight, if you just regularly chipped away, um, and just just put incremental money um, on a on a very regular basis. You would have saved so much more interest. Um, and you know, us like my wife and I going through the journey of of paying off our mortgage faster. Um, you know, we were trying to be quite aggressive and quite goal focused in the way we did it. But through that journey that we did um, over ten years, our property value probably doubled in 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 value. But also, we saved about seventy 
thousand pounds in interest. Um, and the the other the other part of it is that it gave me the freedom to quit my corporate job and, and start Sprive. Like if I had a mortgage and I went to my wife and said, hey, uh, hey I've got this idea. I want to do something crazy. I want to leave my job at Goldman's and, 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 start, and start this new business and create this new app. Or with the mortgage and, and having the family, she would have said, yeah, you, you know, you're having a laugh. But the fact that we didn't have a mortgage meant that you can then take risks. You can, you can, you know, whatever you, whatever's important to you, whether it's, yeah, some people it's for spending more time with family, maybe quitting their job, doing a job they love, going part time, going traveling, starting your own business. Um, when you don't have a mortgage, you don't have that pressure and stress that every month I need to I need to earn enough to be able to essentially have a roof over my head. Um, and then if you imagine you say your, your monthly payments are £1,500 and no longer do you have to pay that £1,500 to anyone, that's £1,500 you can do whatever you like you like with. And, and that just really kind of becomes a, a game changer. And it also changes the way you think um which is which is which is really really um empowering um and the last thing i'd say is um, a lot of people and i used to think like this is that you need to like save thousands and thousands of pounds before you can start making overpayments and the the premise of the of the, the Sprive app is that that's not the case at all um even if you can afford like you know a couple of pounds um you know a week or uh, um it, it starts to like what like a, you know 10 to 20 pounds a month it starts to build up and make a huge difference especially with rates rising the way they are um and the beauty of the app is even if you don't have any money you can literally sign up pause your auto saves um and then just use shop with Sprive, which is this really cool feature that we built which is every time you do your regular shopping you get extra money towards your mortgage. So, and we're partnering with brands like M&S, um, Asda and Sainsbury's are coming soon. We've got Morrison's, we've got Waitrose, uh, Primark, Uber, and the list goes on. So we've got some amazing brands. And every time you shop with these brands, you get extra money that helps you pay off your mortgage faster. And um, at the moment, I think the average five customers on track to save 12,000 pounds in interest and pay off their mortgage four years earlier. So, uh, you know, that's kind of proof in the pudding that just these small, actions on a regular basis just can make a huge impact on one's life absolutely no i i love that the idea that you chipping away at the mortgage i find i, I always think of it as in the same sort of way as credit cards because the average person doesn't understand how that minimum payment you know it's a trap at the end of the day the lenders want to make as much money from me as possible and the fact that you said it's front loaded because they know what well, i don't know what the average time somebody stays in a property is but let's say if it's five to ten years soon as they either port their mortgage or change their mortgage, they're, then going to, they're just going to spend their entire life paying interest until they stay in a house for a long period of time and potentially pay it off. But with credit cards, you know, if uh, I looked the other days, so if, if you hold a balance of just a thousand pounds and paid the minimum payment of that, it takes you nearly 10 years to pay that back. And you think a thousand pounds, yeah, that's fine. I'll just, that's hardly anything. I'm just going to carry that balance. You're paying so much interest for so long. People just have come accustomed to the fact that they just hold that debt. You said in there that you used to work for Goldman Sachs. Did did you work in a, an environment whereby you not promoted debt, but did, were you on the side of trying to get people on board to provide products whereby people do have debt when you were there? Yeah, I mean, I think generally financial institutions and even the fintech space that now I, I kind of operate in, I just see everyone trying to get people into debt in some yeah. form or shape. I don't see, I think... Personally, I think there's very few businesses that are trying to get people out of debt. I think mm -hmm. um, because that's how you, you make money. I mean, think about the natural kind of financial institutions. They take deposits um, and um, they give you very little interest. And then they uh, use those deposits to lend money at a much higher interest rate. And it's a, a very good lucrative business model. 
Um, and it, the sad thing is, is that if you look at just the, the for homeowners, it's getting more and more difficult for people to get onto the property ladder. Um, you know, property prices are rising and salaries, unfortunately, haven't been rising you know, as, as much. Like my personal example, my property value doubled um, you know, over the last 10 years. I, I assure you, you know, when I was earning, my salary did not, um, did not double. Um, and so you can understand why you know, people who are trying to get onto the property ladder is becoming much more challenging. By the time you know, the average person get onto the property ladder, especially in, in, in like cities like London, you know, you're talking about mid thirties, maybe even early, early, early forties, and then you're looking at um, then taking out you know the home that you want um, and, and the lifestyle that you want to live, and so people are borrowing a lot more for longer. Um, because they, the only way they can afford the monthly payments is starting to borrow for 30 years or, or 40 years. Um, we were talking to Money Facts, and, and they were they were saying that 59% of mortgage products now being sold have a standard term of 40 years. So you can do the math very quickly. You see a lot of people getting a mortgage um, past the age of retirement, you know, kind of late 60s, um, and then you get another home, etc. Things you know things get in the way. You might get a new car, etc. And suddenly, before you know it, you, you're in a lot of debt. Um, and it takes a lot of time to um, to kind of pay it off. And I, you ask the average person, like an average homeowner, do you want to spend the, t- the next 25 to 40 years um, paying off your mortgage, um, essentially having that pressure and stress to be able to earn enough to be able to have a roof over your head? I think most people say probably not. Um, but unfortunately, you know, it's, it's, it's because people can't afford the homes, the institutions have to step in and you have to take a loan. You're almost forced into it. And, and if you and if you can't get onto the property ladder, then you're you're a renter. But then all you're doing is paying off someone else's mortgage, and they're benefiting and making profit from the fact that um, you know you're, you're 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 kind of renting. So it's kind of almost 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 catch twenty two. And then I see even like you mentioned credit cards and and, and student loans is, a, is another another area. But they're they're also on the rise. And student student fees have gone up on the credit card space. You see like the pandemic. You, we've got obviously the cost of living crisis. You've got the emergence of easier to take on debt with, with the concepts of like buy now, pay later, like Credit Klarna and, 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 other, and other companies like that. And so you think, you're seeing kind of debt just generally rise and rise and rise. And I've seen firsthand how debt can really ruin lives. People, you know, once you get into debt, it can kind of spiral out of control. Um, and then once you're kind of contractually obliged to pay that debt, it's um, it's super, you know, it's super difficult to kind of get out of the position. So, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, financial institutions are geared up to to um, to, to to kind of encourage consumers to make debt. Um, and on the institutional side, they use debt to to leverage and then use that to like get bigger returns. But financial institutions know what they're doing; they do this for a living. General consumers, you don't go to school and 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 spend you know six seven years learning about how to how to manage money. Um, unfortunately, I think they they probably should, but they don't. So a lot of people come out of it as adults, uh, inequipped to 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 kind of manage their financial circumstances in the best possible way. And that's why it's great people like you, Brian, um, that are kind of helping people to try to try to build that knowledge base so that they can make better financial decisions. Yeah, I mean, I think I probably say to everyone I ever speak to about money, it's just so sad that it's the the norm the norm is to get debt get debt get debt and people don't even think of it like that now they just think like when you get a car it's just it's obvious of course you're getting on car finance why like who has the money to save up and buy for a car like it's not even for for i don't don't know what the percentage is of people who car finance versus own their cars outright but i'm pretty sure it's very high in the favor of car finance because you just talk to anyone about it you are strange if you think it makes 
logical sense for me to buy a good quality secondhand car for as cheap as, as possible and maintain it rather than, well, you know, I can afford 400 pounds a month because I've got my recent, you know, salary increase. So I'm going to go out there and buy that BMW because I can afford it. You know, we look at affording is what we can pay monthly. And I think that that is just something that I don't know how, I mean, we can have as many content creators talking about money all we want, but I don't know how we change that because the power lies within the big, you know, financial institutions who, like you said, leverage your money to make more money. So it's a never ending cycle of like, of course, they're going to push debt and make it seem as attractive as possible to you um, because they keep you shackled. Like that's when I, my story is I got into debt, credit card debts, four or five years, well, five years ago now. And that's what forced me into a corner. I mean, I was terrified. It wasn't even a lot of debt. It was only sort of five, six thousand pounds, but I maxed out my credit card had just changed my job to a low paying job and I was trapped. I, there's, there was nothing I could, I could do nothing. So like people underestimate debts when everything's fine and the economic clim climate is in your favor and it's ah, interest rates are low, it's absolutely fine. But as soon as a pandemic happens or a cost of living crisis happens, you're backed into a corner and you're terrified. And, you know, potentially if you have a mortgage and you can't keep up with the repayments, your house is going to get repossessed or the car finance company is going to take their car back. And, you always have to prepare for the worst case scenario. And that's how I kind of approach talking to people about money now, even if your situation is good now, just think for a second, like the situation that you're in, whereby you don't have a mortgage, you know, and, and that's what I try and remind myself regularly. And that's why I try and increase my, how much I overpay my mortgage as much as possible. I'll try and review it when possible and increase it because I think what's it actually going to be like to have that kind of, emotional weight off your shoulders it's almost primal like i i this is mine i i own this nobody can take this away from me and that's what i think i try and get across to as many people as possible because going back to what you said about affordability 30 years ago the ratio to salary and house price was 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 four so four times your salary was your house price and i know everybody always says it's harder now to get a house and i'm sure they've been saying that since the dawn of mortgages and houses but it really is because now it's 12 times so you know, like you, like you were saying earlier, salary, salaries aren't going up at the same rate as house prices and then obviously interest rates on top of it. So, you know, I, I do feel really sorry for people who who are younger, don't have the privilege maybe of parents helping them out with their house deposit or had the, you know, um, started on a high paying job whereby they could put money away for it. What would you say for somebody who's in that space then? Like, what would you, what would you recommend stepping aside from the overpayment, but just getting onto that ladder. Do you have any kind of insight being in that sort of space of seeing how people are getting into getting into getting their first mortgage? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Uh, I think even when I was um, when, I, when I was working in the corporate world and I'd speak to grads and even they were like struggling just with the rents being so so expensive. And then obviously you're living your life. How do you, how do you find the money to, to save? I think it's, um, it's ultimately kind of one is looking at the kind of where you want to live. Um, there's obviously some areas if you're kind of really focused on like living in cities obviously it's gonna be a lot more expensive if you go further out and you know the, the good thing about the pandemic I suppose is that more and more jobs available in terms of remote working etc and so you know the further you're out from kind of like the, the cities and, and you've got good commuter links maybe you can you know live in a, in a property that where the property prices aren't as as high um, and then and then obviously it's then kind of working out how much do you need for a deposit um, and then going around trying to save um, and, and it's so easy to spend money that you don't have but if you can just be really like, um, like find just clever ways of just saving as much money each month um, by doing that you know you'll start to over time um, have 
you know enough pockets of the way to be able to kind of afford that first home um you know for me um getting married um was the was 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 helpful um, because then you had two people um um and two people's income and then you can save more and um you've got you know more you're doubling the the savings and and, and obviously that helps and i know a lot of people in the uk who have um mortgages generally do it with with you know them and, and and another person obviously parents is a is a is a is a great thing to do i mean I know a lot of people don't like living with their parents because obviously they want to kind of live their life but you know that, that I'm, I'm hearing a lot of people doing that as well because you know, then they're paying very little you know, they're not paying rent hopefully or they're paying very small amounts um to, to their parents to kind of keep the you know keep the upkeep and etc cetera, etc cetera, but a lot more money going towards their towards kind of um you know um that towards that deposit um, and then just thinking about like maybe if you can get comfortable with investing, um, that's also an option. But again, my number one thing I get worried when sometimes young people who are not um, who want to kind of build up that money and then they take big risks and invest in things they don't understand and get into them getting themselves into even more hot water. Um, so so I, my number one rule is um, you know things like investing and and, and and putting money into high savings accounts obviously. A, a, a no-brainer but if you go into like investing you know only invest in what you understand um so i know a lot of people who fortunately like look at youtube videos and see like crypto and 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 think of like these kind of get rich quick schemes generally if it's too if it's too good to be true um then then it probably is too good to be true and if everyone's doing something you're probably late to the party um so um so yeah, it just it just people just need to be really sensible, um, and, and diversifying is also a, a good way of um, a good way of kind of managing your personal finances. The other baseline is is obviously to stay out of debt. Um, like there's no point. Um, yeah, it's going to be very difficult to get into the property ladder if you're in debt. So that kind of financial discipline is just so so important. And if you don't have the tools, then there's so many tools out there, especially with open banking now, to create the the, the tools to be able to help you. Um, put your money to work and save and 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 show you transparency where you're spending your money i think that's kind of a step one like sometimes you just if you don't control why either buy a spreadsheet or buy like a a savings app um seeing where your money's going then it's very difficult for you to kind of tighten and, and 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 control um and create good habits um so that's always a a good a good step in the in the right direction as well yeah, there's a lot of good, lot of good tips there. I think that is budgeting and the emotional, um, not comparing yourself to others. I think is is because I mean I remember what it was like being 16, 17, 18. It's about the age where you get your first car and maybe you've got your first job and you start getting money. Like it's it's hard, but I think it's the importance of why capitalism has given us so much good stuff. But equally, why are we not trying to balance it out a little bit at school? Like I'm, because this is why I do, I talk to people about this. I spend a lot of time researching it. I talk to my daughter about, we give her pocket money or she earns money by doing something. Right, save some of this money, put some of this money aside and then enjoy that money. Things that like I was never taught when I was a kid, certainly wasn't taught at school. We did things, you know, we learn about limited companies and sole traders in business economics, I don't know, whatever year I was in at school things that I was like, I'm never going to use this. Turns out actually I was going to use it, but it was so advanced. They didn't teach you the the very, very basic, like spend less than you earn. This is how you do a budget. Like it might seem boring, but you know, try and try and make it slightly more interesting because that's the most important thing when you get into the workforce, you know, you leave home, you get a job, 
if you're not prepared, if you haven't got financially savvy parents or you surround yourself with friends who know about money, which at the time I didn't. So you just kind of do whatever people do around you. And if people are buying BMWs on finance, guess what you're going to want to do? Like as soon as it's, oh, how much are you paying for that? 300 pounds. Okay, well, can I get 300 pounds? And then as soon as you get 300 pounds, boom, it goes straight on that. So it's that kind of like initial financial education. That I just, I really wish that there was a focus on it. Because even even in the mainstream, like there's a few people on, you know, on TV that do a good job of teaching people about savings accounts and switching your mortgage to this and which which is all great. But that's all that it's like a tiered system for me. That that's level two. Level level one is just basics. Like this is what's coming in, this is what's going out. Make sure that you're not minus at the end of every month and putting stuff on a credit card because it's too emotionally easy to just go, oh, I've been accepted for a credit card that's got a balance of £5,000. Oh, that means I can go and spend £5,000, which even though I feel like I'm smart enough to know that wasn't the case, I still did it. Yeah, I think I think um, I, I mentioned this quite early on. I think uh, the educational system needs to do more. I think there's ways of, make, of making it interesting um, for children as well. I mean, with with the technology available and games and things like that, I think you can you can create you know, simulators and, and 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 make it make it so that it's not just sitting in front of a classroom and, and looking at kind of debits and credits and, and, and it becoming so boring that you're just like, why am I, why am I, um, why am I listening to this? Um, and having like speakers come in that are talking about like, you know, different situations. You're talking about maybe students and the challenges that they're facing or, you know, people who have kind of um, maybe gone into debt uh, like yourself and going into schools and, and sharing their story and making it much more like realistic and, and tangible. I think stuff like that is more likely to be in fact impactful and, and kind of resonate to, to, to children. Um, and so I, I think definitely schools need to do more. Um, and hopefully over time, over time, that will, that will, that will change. Yeah, I think on, online calculators are a great way of kind of tangibly showing somebody how it can affect them. I remember when um, when I first kind of sort of learning this stuff, I spent a lot of time with the compound interest calculator, but then also a mortgage overpayment calculator, both really accessible. Just Google it if you've never used one. Um, but to, to tangibly see, right, if I overpay my mortgage by X or if I um, invested X amount at, you know, five percent return or whatever it is you, you you want to play around with you can see actually this would be the effect over time and you see the graph either go up if you're investing hopefully or down you know with your with your how much you owe on your mortgage and i think that inspired me certainly to be like oh actually for the first few years it doesn't seem like something anything's happening but if i chip away at my mortgage or if i do invest in something you know lowish risk but for the long term actually I can really improve my situation, either have a fair bit of money sat in an ISA or be mortgage free. Yeah, I mean, I think the visualization is, is really important. Like for us, if you download the app, the first thing we show is like the, the total cost of the mortgage. So it's, it's just the slider that you can play around with. It doesn't need to be like exact numbers, but you know, say you've got like a roughly a 300,000 pound mortgage and you've got 30 years left and you're paying say 5%. It then shows you the total cost of the mortgage over the lifetime, assuming you're paying that same rate for the for the for the for the, for the remaining term, and people just are generally shocked by first of all the sheer number, and then the next page is like, can you afford three pounds a day, or five pounds a day, or ten pounds a day, and it shows you that if you could, um, and you and you made those payments towards your mortgage, um, then you could you know save an extra this much and pay off your mortgage this much, and it kind of gives you an idea of context. 
Um, and then you then sign up to the app and then you can set your limits and, and then the app kind of gets you going. But throughout the app, we're continually trying to like show people that keep going. If you do what you're doing, then you will become mortgage-free this much sooner and you will save this much interest. And it becomes quite... Uh, motivating for our customers because you might start off and you might say you you know you're chipping away like the minimum that you can overpay i think is like one pound um in the app so like really i'm talking about low values and even if you just want to do the shot with sprite you know you can you can do that and not put any extra money towards your towards your mortgage but you start seeing those numbers and as you see start the numbers increase because you're doing more and more and so go, actually, I can maybe do another few pounds a month or a few pounds a week, or I can do shop with Sprive and get there a bit quicker, et cetera. And you create that kind of small habits regularly. Um, you see that the calculator and you see the numbers inbuilt within the app and you see the numbers increasing. Oh, now I'm on track to say 5,000, now 10,000. Oh, I was, on, I was on track to pay off my mortgage a year earlier. Now it's two years earlier. Now it's four years earlier. And it becomes more and more like motivating because you're seeing a, a, real, a real difference. I mean, for example, obviously I, I paid off my mortgage and said 70,000 pounds in interest. I mean, what can you do with 70,000 pounds? I mean, that's, that's a lot of money. If someone said, you know, just do these small habits regularly and you could save 12,000 pounds, like the average customer on Sprive, I mean, 12,000 pounds, you could buy a nice, a nice, you know, a nice, a nice few holidays with 12,000 pounds, right? And um, you can, you know, you could invest that and, you know, that could do, that could do some good. Um, so there's, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a lot to said about kind of that, that, that visualization for sure. Yeah, it's almost gamified, isn't it? So the I, I like. Yeah. I mean, when I downloaded your app, that was like you said, it's the first thing that pops up, and it kind of engages you straight away because it's very easy in the financial sector to be bogged down. Like we're saying, you know, at school when you learn about the stuff, it does seem just like numbers and graphs and oh god, this is so black and white, boring. Oh, this like I've never. This is none of this applies to me. But as soon as you see, oh, actually, this is I input my situation, and this is in real time. This is how it affects me you're either going to be, you know, very happy or very shocked and go, oh God, look how much money I'm actually wasting on whatever it is that I'm wasting my money on. You mentioned there about um, sort of investing. What are your, what are your thoughts on um, the kind of opposing view, which is probably the most popular one that I've ever got. Every video I've ever done about should you invest or should you overpay your mortgage? It's always about that risk versus um mitigation of risk you know guaranteed money by overpaying your mortgage versus the potential of higher earnings by investing that by far is the biggest pushback i've ever got when i talk to people about overpaying your mortgage what are, you, what are your thoughts on that yeah sure i mean I, I obviously get that asked that quite a quite a lot and i mean i'd say like if you can afford to doing both is is not a is not a not a bad shout i think the first thing with investing is um, i said this earlier is you need to understand um, investing I think um, it's very easy if you don't if you don't understand investing and you put money towards things um, it's almost you could argue it's, it's almost gambling um, because you're just hoping that you're going to get a better return um, and generally I've seen a lot of people make investments including myself um, some of them have done well some of them have done you know, not so well um, and and so um, with, with paying off your mortgage it's guaranteed um, and you're not paying tax on any returns. If you're investing and you make a return, you've got to pay tax on it. So um, with rates rising now, you know, 4.25%, mortgage rates, uh, you know, close to 5% uh, for, for many people switching now, that's that's not a not a bad return um, that you're essentially getting without without taking any any risk. But there's the other benefit of it, which is um, that, that pressure of not, you know, be able to um, have enough money in the future or later in life 
um, to be able to um, you know, essentially have that roof over your head. You never know what's going to happen. You know, you might get into your, your 40s, your 50s and, and fall ill and not be able to earn as much. And, you know, do you really want to be late in life and, and, and still have that kind of mortgage to worry about? Um, so there's definitely benefits of being able to like pay off your mortgage faster. And like my, my, my example, you know, I paid off my mortgage relatively early in my, in my life. It means I've got 20, 30 years to take risks, bigger risks, um, do what I want to do, live the way, uh, live the life the way I want to live my life. And so with these things is the, the more focused you are, the more likely you're able to, you know, achieve the things that you want to, you want to achieve. Um, but um, yeah, if you can do both and you have the money to do both, then that's not a, a bad shot because you're almost diversifying the risk. There's a bit of money towards investments and there might be some upside there. Um, but with the interest rates rising now, if you, you know, 5% return, if you're, if you're, you're starting to kind of move the, you know, start to kind of look to be paying that, which most people will be now with rates the way they are. Uh, once they once they switch over, it's not a bad, not a bad return. So um, yeah, I think um, there's definitely emotional benefits with um, with paying off your mortgage. But with the interest rates rising, um, there's there's um, there's benefits. There's benefits um, are like almost um, in the favor of overpaying. Um, for sure, because also when rates rise, the amount of interest you're paying becomes much more eye-watering. And uh, and you know, do you really want to be paying that interest? Is is the question you've got to ask yourself? Yeah, no, I I have the very you know very similar viewpoint. Have that sort of scattergun approach, diversify. Don't put all your eggs into one basket. You know, crypto, great example. People who knew nothing about investing put all their money into it. But if they just put five percent into it, and this is not financial advice, but if you put a little bit of money into that, and then a bit of money into that, and a bit of money into that, if you, that crypto coin whatever you invested in collapses, it's not destroyed your life. So by putting whatever X amount you have disposable at the end of the month to put towards investing, some of it can go towards, you know, overpaying your mortgage and some of it can go towards investing. Some of it can, if you know, if you want to go into crypto, fine, do it, but don't put it all into one thing. Like some people, if you're being really kind of laser focused on overpaying your mortgage, I wouldn't be opposed to putting it all in because like you said, you know, the risk, it is guaranteed money and, you, you know, there is no capital gains down the road to pay. So it's the kind of that everyone's different what what's more important to you like my my wife is very risk averse she she does invest but she's very like i don't want to put all my money into one thing tell me the you know she she doesn't spend a lot of time thinking about it way less than i do for sure but i'm happy to take that risk like not because i fully i i understand what i'm investing in certainly more than the average person does but you can understand, you can think you understand it all you want, but there's always an element of risk that something might happen, stock market crashes, whatever. I just find that overpaying your mortgage is just that it's, it's a separate bracket almost. It is that guaranteed money. One thing I want to ask you is with with your app, what is your kind of like your your main customer? Is it homeowners? Is it landlords? Is there a split of both? No, it's, it's homeowners um, with residential mortgages. So at the moment, we're not supporting buy-to-let mortgages. Um, we will over time. Um, so we support 12 of the largest lenders in the in the UK. So you have a mortgage like Barclays, Santander, NatWest, Nationwide. I mean, we cover um, 80% of the market from a, from a residential standpoint. So yeah, ordinary homeowners who are living in their home who essentially um, have aspirations to essentially one day be mortgage free and, and own own their home and one of the things i haven't talked about within the app is that um, it gives the user a lot of control um, so they can kind of see 
um, you know, they, they, it moves money automatically to their Sprive account. But if it's not a good week or a month, they can always withdraw the money back. Um, and there's things like early repayment charges. So some people are worried about like, do I, um, will I get penalized if I overpay too much? And so the app can show you that. It can show you things like how much of my home do I own? Do I own 10% of my home, 15, 20, 30? So you get all those analytics. You can see things like your loan to value. I don't know if your customer is aware, but your loan to value depends, that kind of helps you decide what deals you can get when you refinance. So if you're looking to like, you know, say remortgage in nine months and your loan to value say 86%, you might, if you can afford to overpay a little bit more, get to 85% loan to value it, and then you get access to a much better sell deals than you would if you hadn't made those extra, extra overpayments. And so the app gives you the analytics, et cetera. Um, and so it's very much at the moment focused towards making it super easy for, for, for residential homeowners. And then to answer your question over time, yeah, we'll expand to more lenders and, um, and also um, kind of residential uh, interest only mortgages. Um, well, commercial mortgages, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, to be honest, my aspirations are even to move into like the credit card space and student loan space as well. Ultimately, I, I want to make it a mission to help um, people in the UK be essentially debt-free, not just mortgage-free. Okay. So you're obviously expanding the uh, Sprive empire in the future into these other things. Have you had much pushback from people whose business solely relies on getting people into debt? You mentioned um, things like, sorry, Tins, right? You yeah. mentioned things like early um, sort of repayment charges and that sort of stuff for mortgages. Um, obviously, different lenders have different amounts and some of them don't even have any. But do you, obviously, with your sole intention of the app is to help people overpay their mortgage, are, is there any reluctancy from certain people to be like, well, actually, it's not really, as much as they might not want to say it face to face, this isn't in our best interest because actually we make more money out of people having our products for longer? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I do talk to lenders. I remember being in a room full of um, lenders talking about my proposition um, when we just first launched. And I could sense the room weren't keen that I was doing what I was doing. I can imagine. Um, because ultimately, I mean, like you said, that they, they, they don't necessarily people to over, you know, overpay because they make less, they make less money. But I don't think publicly they'd ever say that. I think no. they want to be seen as wanting to help homeowners. And, you know, last thing you're going to see is a lender going, actually, I want you to be in debt for the rest of your life and pay us, exactly. you know, a, 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 a ton of, a ton of, a ton of interest. So, um, you know, lenders allow um, homeowners to make overpayments and, it's um from a risk management perspective it's very good because if people are like overpaying um it, it means that ultimately less likely of defaulting and, and creating good behaviors within the system means that less people are going to be late in life when potentially they won't they you know they might lose their job or they fall ill and they're not in a position to be able to have the income to be able to um you know pay off their their mortgage and so you by doing what you know we're trying to do you're trying to reduce the systemic risk that can build up within the uh, the, the financial markets. So, um, yeah, I think uh, my honest answer is, I yeah, behind behind closed doors, they might be like, uh, I hope they don't get too big, um, because yeah. you know, like if they're changing behavior in, in a massive in a massive scale, uh, you know, that will have an impact on their on their bottom line. But I also think like I'm trying to really be proactive in working with lenders to see. Now how um, you know some of the forward-thinking lenders? There's always going to be ones out there who be like, actually, I want to be seen as a lender that's on the side of the customer and make it easier, et cetera. And hopefully we can partner together and, and do some really interesting, great things for consumers. Um, and that will help them build market share, um, increase customer loyalty, 
um, et cetera, et cetera. So I mean, there are some interesting conversations. I can't, I can't specifically name names, but there are, there are lenders that are open um, to at least learning more. Um, and, and hopefully we can come up with some amazing things that ultimately don't exist in the market today that ultimately help, help, help homeowners. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, yeah, overpay, but don't overpay too much. So we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll, 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 we'll cap it at 10%. I mean, obviously it, it varies, but that's from my experience, that kind of is the most common one. Well, my biggest frustration is the, um, uh, if anyone's ever made an overpayment, most lenders are, um, make you, uh, pick up the phone and call your lender. Yeah. Um, there's something called overpayment preferences. Um, so if you go on, a, if you Google to your lenders like overpayment calculator, um, generally you'll see if you, you'll make overpayments. They'll say, "Oh yeah, look, make overpayments. You can save this much interest, and you can pay off your mortgage, you know, x x x months or years earlier." But then when you make the overpayments, actually, uh, if you if you didn't let your lender know, you don't actually become mortgage free any quicker, and you save a lot less interest. Um, a lot of lenders put this step in that you need to call them on a one time basis and say, "Look, I'm going to be making overpayments. I need you to update my overpayment preferences." So that the um, my monthly payments stay the same, um, and so that and ultimately I want, I want the money to go towards the, 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 the kind of paying off the balance, the capital, um, so that I have the benefits of being able to become mortgage free faster. And a lot of people are confused by the process; they don't make that call, they don't have time to make that call, and lenders love that. That one call probably um, results in them making so much more PL because they just made that slightly awkward for people and they made it slightly ambiguous um, and people don't get it. Um, I know a lot of people are making overpayments or think they're saving interest outside Sprove um, and then actually not saving anywhere near as much interest or being mortgage free any sooner. And sadly, they'll only find out like maybe two, three years down the line, if ever. Um, or a lot later in life, and the lenders will be like, "Well, you should have looked, read the, you know, the terms of your mortgage offer document, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You should have you know, read the website, and there's nothing a homeowner can do about it." And that's where Spire steps in. We're trying to really help people. Um, you know, we, ex- we explain um, what you need to do, what number you need to call. Um, we've got a customer support team that can help if you if you get if you get stuck. Um, we literally have you know, over twenty thousand customers now. Um, using Sprive and you know everyone you know, touch wood no, no one's had a single issue so um, it's you know we're, we're, we're good at this and we're, we're helping people and guide people in, in ways that maybe your lender um, is, is not making it as easy for you as, as you'd maybe hope yeah it's um, I've said this a few times on the podcast but I'm not a conspiracy theorist but if I was the financial institutions mainly lenders it seems like they're in cahoots to prevent you from knowing these things because like you just said then it's a great example of making it appear as if they're doing a good thing but behind closed doors they've got all these loopholes in the contract whereby if you have to do this you have to do that and even people trying to do the right thing or, or the, what they think is the right thing by overpaying their mortgage get bitten by and it should be as simple as the Sprive app it should be i'm one overpay my mortgage I just overpay my amount and it goes straight towards the capital. Why? Why? It really frustrates me because I don't, I don't think there's anything we can do to change it. It's so systemic in how the system works and it works quite well as a system across the country. So why change it? But it's so complex and having apps like yours that really simplify something that is quite confusing and, and complicated. We need, we need more of that. Yeah. And I, I think in terms of changing it, I think um, there needs to be a voice 
there isn't a voice at the moment that's on the side of the consumer. And so like my view is, is that look, we need to get bigger. We're only like, you know, around 20,000 customers and, you know, we've not been in the market for very long, but that will increase. And if we've got hundreds of thousands and millions of customers in the UK, we'll be able to do more lobbying um, with the regulator, with the, the lenders. You know, if we've got more social media, we can get our customers to be that voice for us and, and encourage them to um, take, you know, um, you know, create that noise, which encourages lenders to then change their their behaviour. Um, we can start looking at lenders who suddenly become much more um, customer and user friendly and, and homeowner friendly, and then kind of put them on a pedestal. So then the other the other lenders will go, well, our competitors are doing, you know, they've changed tag. We need to change tag. But you need someone to have a voice, and at the moment there isn't a voice. Um, I hope that we can you know we can be that voice but we need to get bigger for sure hmm. well i think with rates rising mortgage payments are at the forefront of a lot of people's minds now aren't they so i think although it's a bad situation economically i think it's a good time for your app to be you know starting not starting but in a growth stage from your perspective then what's it's the next sort of three to five years obviously the idea is growth what's what sort of You've already mentioned a few sort of credit card space in different areas to try and um, and help people out with in a situation of debt and reversing it. But what do you see happening with Sprive? What's what's the vision? Yeah, I and mean, ultimately, you know, I, like I mentioned, like mortgage debt is is the, is the primary focus. And so, like at the moment, we've got like a few a few different features. So to kind of summarize, we've got the auto save, which with one tap you can make overpayments to your lender. But if you need the money back, one tap withdraw, and it gives people a lot of control. You can pause, you can adjust the amounts, you can top up. So that's kind of our core functionality. Um, and then we've got Shop with Sprive, which is do everyday shopping with amazing brands and get extra money towards your mortgage. Um, which is like cashback, but cashback invested into your mortgage. Um, and if you're paying five percent of your mortgage, that's that's a, that you'll be amazed on, on, on in terms of the impact that can have. Then we've got this whole uh, concept of scanning the market every day for better mortgage deals. Um, with the information we have, uh, we know pretty much when you sign up. One of the cool things, if you if you, if anyone listening decides to like download the app and, and give it a go is once you link your bank account and you provide your name address and date of birth we automatically source your mortgage information so there's no typing in what's my mortgage balance what's my monthly payments what's my you know interest that, that i pay we know it all uh, and we know it automatically and that puts us in a unique position um, where we can compare on a given day there's like twenty thousand mortgage deals across 90 lenders and we'll compare your deal versus the deals in the market and if we can find you a, a better deal at the right time we'll help you get that deal and so that's kind of the core of, of the, the offering right now but one of the things we're working on this year is how can we help our customers save more money and earn more money that they can put towards their mortgage so say for example as your homeowner there's lots of things that you'll spend your money on that obviously you do your weekly shop and, and that exists but even things like um, you know, maybe you want to like um, make your home more energy efficient and reduce your energy bills. And so you might decide, I want to install like solar panels. Well, we will you know, partner with a solar panel company, which, um, you know, ultimately, if you if you go through the app, you might get an extra X amount of pounds that you can pay towards your towards your towards your mortgage. Or we'll find you innovative ways of like be able to earn more. So um, we're doing a partnership with Just Park where you, you know, I didn't I didn't know this before, before we started talking to 
them. But for some postcodes, you can end up to four thousand pounds just by renting out your driveway if you if you have one. Um, and four thousand pounds is a is a is a lot of money. And you put it towards your mortgage, and it's even more money in terms of the amount of interest that you that you save. Um, and so, can we find ways of helping people earn more money? We're, we're contemplating this idea where you can opt in um, by hitting a button. Every time you hit a button, you get displayed an ad within the app. But every time you watch the ad, you might get paid, um, you know, fifty p or pound or whatever it might be, whatever we can agree with the with the brand. Um, and the, again, again, maybe you watch thirty ads or sixty ads a month, and that's you know, fifteen, twenty, thirty pounds extra towards your mortgage, and that and that um, and that makes a, a makes a huge difference. So you know, like, even like we're talking about, like, can you sell things within your house? Like you know, I, I, if you look at my house, I've got two young kids, the amount of toys that I've got that they don't play with anymore, and old clothes, and is there a way you can sell that for you know a bit of money? And can we help that through the app? Again, that extra money then can go towards their mortgage. And so we want to create a very much an ecosystem, you know, around that. Um, and then we're helping people with like the, the mortgage switching, but can we help them like, get home insurance? Can we help them get life insurance, health insurance, you know, home insurance? Obviously, if you're a homeowner, then you need that to be able to, you know, to be able to, you know, have have a home with a with a mortgage. Life is important in that, you know. Hopefully this never happens, but you know sometimes you know you do fall ill, and you, if you if you fall ill and you're not able to work, then again your home is at risk. So having that insurance policy in play can give you that kind of comfort, especially if you if you if you have a a family. Um, likewise, there's 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 health insurance policies, etc., with NHS and and some of the, st- the struggles that they have. People might be like, actually, I, I want to get my own kind of private medical insurance, um, so that you know. Um, I'm kind of in a in a good position in, in in that space. So we'll be looking at things like that, um, and then we'll be we'll be um, kind of going beyond that. Um, but then, kind of yeah, like you like I mentioned, like I'd love to kind of focus on um, like the whole like asset allocation piece. So you know, a lot of people have this question: Should I pay off my mortgage? Should I invest? Should I put money towards my pension? Should you know what, what should I do with my cash? And I think there's a, a space where if you help people with their like their largest household commitment, which is their mortgage, you know, the, the where people are borrowing, unfortunately, typically hundreds of thousands of pounds over the lifetime. You start helping them get on top of that. Then you can start maybe going, okay, you're getting on top of that. Do you want to put a little bit towards investments, a little bit towards your pensions? And I love to be able to borrow an app where you can do that all in one place. And you've got you've already finding ways of them helping them save more money, earn more money. And you're doing that really well because you've you've done that for mortgages. And then maybe they want to put a little bit of a snippet into investments or a little bit of a snippet into their pension. And, and, and doing that would be absolutely amazing. Um, and then helping more users. Um, and so you know, we're focusing on, on people with mortgage debt. But there's a lot of other people out there with credit card debt, student loan debt, car finance debt. Debt is debt at the end of the day. If we become very good at helping people pay off mortgage debt, why can't we help people be very good at paying off credit card debt or car finance debt or student loan debt? And then obviously UK um, is where we're focused and, we, and that's where we want to really put our energy in. Um, but I, I have, I do have investors, um, um, including like the founder of One One Eight One One Eight. I don't know if you if you remember that brand, the, the two the two the two marathon runners, iconic back yet back in the day when I was younger, watching watching um, watching television and, and then sponsoring the movie the movie um, yeah the, yeah the movie um, ads and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, he's always like, this would be amazing in this country and that country. And, and debt is obviously um, really, really prevalent, not just in the UK, but in, in, in other countries around the around the world. So um, who knows? Um, you know, maybe we can then expand to other 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 countries too. 
Yeah, that's exciting. It's exciting times ahead. And uh, like my whole ethos, the reason why I got into doing this was to help people get out of debt. So I'm really appreciative of, of everything that you're doing. I think it's going to help a lot of people. Um, hopefully that number multiplies rapidly, that 20,000 number. And I think, you know, what you guys are doing are brilliant. I, I've used the app. I genuinely think people listening should go and give it a go if you're interested in it. Um, one thing I like about it is that if one month you kind of it tells you what you th what if the AI is generated, you can pay off. You don't have to pay that amount. Like if something springs up, you can you can prevent it from happening. And I think you have, even though it is automated, you still have that control. So I think if anyone thinks like, oh, what happens if it chooses an amount, which I think would be the only pushback that I could think of from the app, you can stop that from happening. So just go and play with it, have a look. And the cashback sort of um, side of things, I think is, is brilliant. Like if you're shopping at the places that, you can get that cash back from anyway. Why not put it towards your mortgage? And I think that's great. So yeah, no, I really appreciate everything you're doing with the app, Janesh. And I, like, I hope you guys explode and take down these big lenders <laughs> as much as I, I think they do good for the economy. I think it'd be great for people to be debt free. And I think that's what I put a lot of my time in FNT. So I appreciate you doing the same thing. Um, I think it's uh, look. We're just getting started. I think, um, like, like you said, we, we're doing, we're kind of providing automation, but with a lot of user controls. So they can cancel any of our auto saves. They can pause them for a week or month mm. or three three months or even indefinitely. They can top up. They can withdraw the money back if they want to pay to the lender. They just need to hit one button once the money's in their private account. So there's a lot of like control. It's protect their money. Their auto saves are protected by the direct debit guarantee. Um, so we've put a lot of like puts like safety and, and controls so that it's it's making things convenient, but the user doesn't feel like you know you're, someone's taking their money and they've got they can't, there's nothing they can do about it. I think that's kind of the the, the super important thing that I think people listening um, should kind of get out of this. And the good the other good thing is you can set limits, so you can say the minimum I can afford is one pound towards my mortgage and the maximum like twenty five pounds. Then we'll just work within that range. We've got people who've got a lot more money and be like the minimum I can afford is five hundred pounds and the maximum might be 750 then we'll work within that range so now everyone is equal but you 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 can set limits but then the beauty of it is that you're spending changes every week right every month so your overpayments it should adjust to your lifestyle like there's some crude ways where you can just like you know maybe make an overpayment once a year or or, or make a, a like a payment that's regular but it's the same amount but your life doesn't work like that and lenders are ruthless they they you know we talked about amortization where they front load interest payments but they also calculate interest daily so every day the interest is being calculated so the more regularly you make overpayments the more interest you're gonna you're gonna save and so if you're you know if you've had a good month and you're spending less why not put a bit of extra um towards the mortgage when you've had a, a month where you've had to spend you've gone on holiday or you've bought lots of presents or whatever you've you know you've, you've paid for a party or whatever you've got less money then put less money more towards your mortgage but you know it should adjust to your lifestyle and that's what ai and technology is all about it's about you know being smart and not and not just doing things in a in a very like mundane way and um the other last thing i'd say is like um you know and try, obviously we want to we want to grow and, and, and we are growing really really well like a big chunk of our growth is just referrals so friends and family basically saying i'm using this app it's great um you should go check it out and and and, and it's really good to like and, and good to see and at the moment we're, we've got a lot of customers coming into like studios and, and talking about their own personal experiences and, and providing like customer testimonials we've had a lot of customers also go and say can we talk to the national press about our experience um recently we had a customer on itv news we've had we've had them on all over the, the national press and that's really great for me to see as well whereas customers just coming back and saying you know 
you're, you're doing you're doing great things. We love the direction you're heading in, and we want to help you um, help you grow, which is really really endearing and really motivating for for someone who had this idea and it was just a, an idea at one point and a PowerPoint, and then and then it's now it's now become something that you know we're, we're processing millions of pounds of payments. Um, it's um, yeah, it's, it's really great to see, but yeah, it's still a long way to go. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Just seeing it tangibly, actually, it's affecting people's lives in a positive way enough to go on the news and talk about it. Must be a great feeling. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah I was, sorry, that's the last thing I was going to say. I mean, if you take a step back, how many apps do you, can you have on your phone that help you, you know, on, like save that much money? Like the, you know, where average customers saving £12,000 in interest. I have so many apps on my phone, but I don't think there's any apps that are as impactful. Um, and I think that's the that's the difference, and hopefully that that will kind of you know, help us um, be very very successful in the in the in the short, medium, and long run. I, I have no doubt that you will be, um, Janesh. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, could you just tell everybody where they can find Sprive? Sure. Um, so head to the App Store, um, whether you're Android or iOS, type in Sprive, S-P-R-I-V-E, and, and you'll find us there. You can download the app. It literally takes a couple of minutes to sign up. Um, you just need to link your bank account, name, address, date of birth, set your limits, um, and then you're pretty much onboarded. Um, and then we can we can get you going and, and help you um, you know pay off your mortgage faster. Um, and if you, you still want to find out more information, um, Sprive.com is our website um, where you can kind of see just a little bit more information. Um, and then for anyone else listening that's interested in following my own personal journey um, as an entrepreneur um, trying to trying to you know take on um, take on the mortgage market, um, <laughs> you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, Janesh Vora, I'm, I'm happy to accept your connection. I, I post on a on a daily basis, so you, you'll see you know exactly what's happening, and you can follow the story there. Amazing. I'll put all everything you just said in the description of whether it's video or audio down below. So go and check them out there. Janesh, thank you very much. I'm sure we will speak soon. Brilliant. No, thanks for having me, Brian. Take care. Cheers.